Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome back to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Today, I am joined by JL, a family man, a fraternity of excellence brother, and a man who recently achieved a feat. I say recently, this past summer, achieved a feat that I thought was incredible in helping others. So we're going to dive into that in a second. But before we do so, I want during this podcast for you to think about this. Corona is it's here to stay. It's a global pandemic. There's a lot going on. 2020 is the year, the crazy year. Everything's wrong in 2020. It was supposed to be the chosen year and then going the opposite direction where we just have quarantines and travel restrictions and all these things going on. A lot of stress, a lot of disruption to the family unit. As we're going through and as Jay is sharing his story and not only his achievement in helping others, but his achievement in helping himself, I want you to reflect upon how that impacts you as well as how you can replicate that in your own life. So with that, Jay, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? It's going. So to kick things off, let's start with your your August ride. Let's talk a little bit about where you're coming from, what inspired you, and to share with these the good listeners that I have, you know, what it is that you were able to do this past August and how you were able to help others in the process. All right. So I uh, signed up for a challenge. Um, it was early summer when I signed up for it uh, for sick kids. Uh, so to support um, children with cancer. Uh, it's called the Great Cycle Challenge. It's a worldwide thing, but I'm Canadian, so I was um, in the Canadian chapter of that. Um, normally, I train all winter for bike racing season. I do uh, endurance bike races, so not your typical cross-country race. They're more uh, distance-focused. So I, I generally go for like a 40-kilometer distance sort of thing when I do these. And some of them are like a four-hour as many as much distance as you can accumulate four hours sort of thing from start to finish uh so because of covid that all got canceled and um i needed something i wanted to do something to challenge myself and a friend of mine who's a cancer survivor also a cyclist posted that he was doing this challenge on social media and i thought wow there you go that's it so so i looked at it and you could choose as much distance as you wanted to do in 31 days. So the, the caveat is starts August 1st, ends August 31st, and you commit to a distance, you have to achieve that distance, and you have to raise a set amount of money that you choose yourself as well. So originally I chose $500. And when I looked at the distance aspect of it, I thought, well, I wanna make this so that it's not easy. I, I wanna make it so that it's definitely gonna be something that I have to really push to achieve. So I chose a thousand kilometers, which worked out to having to ride 35 kilometers every day. So 600-ish, 620 miles, I guess it would be, um, I had to achieve in in the month. And I've got a busy schedule. I mean, I've got a full-time job and I've got seven-year-old triplets and a wife and all the responsibilities come with being a homeowner. So I needed to be able to strike the balance to pull this off while not being like, Hey, dad is, you know, off the radar for a month because I'm being selfish. Couldn't, you know, I I think that's something actually to reflect on 
You chose a thousand kilometers with triplets and a wife. And I think there are some people who'd be like, well, I have a triplet. I have, you know, three kids and a wife. So maybe I should do a mile a day or kilometer a day for you fancy folk. You know, I think there are a lot of people who put themselves in a position where they, they set a goal they know they can absolutely achieve. And therefore they aren't failing because you did this publicly. Like, I remember you announcing this and I was like, dude, like that is a good luck, man. Like get after it, make sure you do it. Cause now you said you did it. You have to do it. So you shared this publicly at that number. You didn't say, Oh, I'm trying to get you said, I'm going to do. And that was really cool to see from this side. So not to interrupt, but I wanted to make sure that everybody listening truly heard what you just said. You have the family. You've got a larger family than I do. I've got two kids. You've got three. You know, you got to balance all three of them. Oh, and you're going to throw a thousand kilometer challenge in front of you. Oh, and it's to help these kids who truly need the awareness and the funds. So bringing us back to, to your decision on that, to share that publicly, because you could have kept it a secret. Nobody would have known the better success or failure. You could have waited to see if you won and then said, oh, guys, I did this. But you didn't. And before it even kicked off, you said, hey, I'm doing this. Check it out. So what was the mindset there? Um, the mindset there is straight up accountability because like you said, I could have kept it a secret. I could have chosen a distance that was more than achievable for me, but I didn't see what the honor would be in that, you know? Um, and I, I said it publicly. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted people to see that and be like, okay, well, let's, let's see it, you know? And I'm not the kind of man to say something and then not want to follow through with it. I've done that in the past, you know, and that's no fun. It's not fun being that guy. So I, that guy, he's long gone. He's dead. When I say something, I, I mean it. And uh, it was definitely a spicy challenge. And I remember even looking at my post the next day, being like, whew, man, like, hope you're, uh, hope you can pull this off, dude. No way I wouldn't. Right. And I mean, cancer has affected my family. My father is a three-time cancer survivor. And I thought to myself, like with my kids, I can't even imagine, you know, having a child with cancer. So I, I just put, put myself in the mindset of like almost like a negative visualization of being a parent of a child with cancer and all the pain and, and struggle and the worry and everything you go through. And then I think to myself, like I can get my ass out of bed at six o'clock in the morning, put on my bike gear and go for a 35 kilometer ride, be back home before work even starts. And I'm better off for it because it, you know, I'm energized and I've done what I needed to do for the day. And it's just, I mean, it's infinitely easier than being a parent with a sick child. Right. So there is never a day. It's funny in the, in the entire 31 days, there was never one day that I didn't want to do it, which was great. Cause I mean, sometimes, you know, you got to work out to do, or you have something you want to do and uh, you just, you have to push yourself to do it. You're like, Oh, I don't really want to do that today. And I don't recall one day in those 31 days I didn't want to do it because I just had that mindset like every single pedal stroke that I do is for these kids. And another part of that that really um, inspired me with the whole challenge was I initially set out a goal to raise $500. And I smashed that within the first two days of announcing my challenge. And then it just kept going and going. So I, I raised my goal to a thousand and I smashed that. And then in the end, I raised $2,100, you know, just for riding my bike. And I think that's an amazing thing to be able to help somebody out. I mean, that $2,000, I don't know if that's just a drop in the pan um, when it comes to everything, but it all goes directly to the Sick Kids Foundation. And 
you know, that made it all worthwhile. You know, and I rode in some shitty weather too, like some pouring rain and dude, some of your rides, man, like we were talking the other night on our, the FOE group chat. And I was like, dude, like, I know you are a grown man. You are, a, you are a friend. I was like, but I felt like I had to say like, you're a little insane. <laughs> you need to be safe. Like you're riding around in rain. You're riding around at night. You're riding trails. I'm like, dude, you're going to get snatched up by coyotes. You know, you're like, I'm not worried about you getting hit by a car so much as a freaking bear. Like you're up in Canada, you're cruising down these trails. You know, it's just wild to see through your eyes. And it's really cool for somebody like, I'm interested in mountain biking. We actually had some conversations on the side about that. And that's going to become a thing in my life. But you're like immersed in this world. And to bring it back a second before we kind of dive into that, you know, the, the world of biking and losing yourself in that moment. I wanted to talk about something you brought up, which is when you were going through, there was never a day that you you felt sorry for yourself. You're like, well, I don't want to do this. And you mentioned negative visual, visualizations. And it was interesting. You see that in a lot of men. You see that ability to, well, you know, think about Jocko will link all he's seen through war, the friends that he's lost. He talks about, well, why do you, why do I get up early? Because I can, because I can still wake up because I'm still here to do that thing. And for you, you know, getting out of bed, when you think of like, man, there are, there are families out there with parents praying that their child is, is good the next day. And that progress starts to be made and they can, they can heal and return to the life they once were, you know, when you can put yourself into that mindset, there's nothing you can't do. And it's so frustrating when you see these men who are talking about, or, and women, you see these people who are in these situations and it's like, man, somebody would, would literally give everything they had to be in your shoes and you're complaining about it. You know, we live in such a comfortable world that I think people are somewhat removed until tragedy strikes that we are living in a great time. And even in the, the insanity that is 2020, even, you know, in the chaos that has, that has ensued between the economic shutdowns, the, like I said, the travel being closed. I was supposed to go see you a couple months ago or actually near now. And they shut down the borders. And it's like, I get it. Like, I, I fully understand the frustrations that come with that because I have goals too. But there are people who are just like so angry and you weren't. Have you always been that way? Like, has that always been a thing you've been able to do is kind of tap into somebody else's point of view and be very like empathetic in that nature? Or is this a newfound, you know, maybe becoming a father and oh, wow, like this, these lives, you know, because you went three for one special, these lives are all dependent upon me. Is it a fatherhood thing or is it a personality thing that was able to allow you to tap into that? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I kind of, I would say, how you would word that, discover yourself or, you know, have a, a, a very enlightening moment in your life. Happened when I was in my early 20s. Um, when I moved back to my hometown from living away for a number of years. And that kind of gave me a very Zen mindset, <clears throat> excuse me, where I kind of learned to be able to accept, accept life as it comes rather than resist it. Um, but with the whole tapping into the mindset thing, like that really came, yeah, that would be more so when I became a father, at least in that mindset, you know what I mean? Like of helping other children out. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a bit of a personality thing, a bit of, you know, circumstance in my environment. Just being aware of it is the important thing. It's incredible. It, it's like you have it or you don't. And I think a lot of people do have it, but it's not uncovered yet. So there's still, you know, a lot of men who go through 31 DTM, a lot of men who join FOE, a lot of men who find themselves in positions of 
trying to analyze themselves and grow themselves from the inside out, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I used to take all this for granted. You know, like I walked out here and I messaged you. I was like, hey, I'm going to drop the link in a second. I got to go grab a hoodie. It's cold in here. You know, I built this thing to hold in the heat, but it also holds in the cold when the cold gets in. So it's a very insulated shed, which is great. But I'm like, man, like what? And I thought this when I was walking back in. I was like, what a cool thing for me to, I've got to walk. I get to feel this outside. I want to talk to my friend from Canada. Like just the whole thing around it. Like I was really like humbled, not humbled. I was really inspired and motivated and appreciative of like, look, we're, we're living in an age where there's so much opportunity out there and that we have opportunity to do good for others. We have an opportunity to, to actualize ourselves and actualize our families. We need to be capitalizing on this, you know, and to see you going out there. I think a lot of that comes to just learning how to immerse in the moment. So before we started this, I immersed in that moment of like, man, this is really cool. We get to do this. This is my job. I love doing this. You ride bikes. You also play in a band. What is it like when you go from, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ride my bike to like you're riding the bike. I'm going to go play this gig to playing it. Because it seems a lot like those two things that are large parts of your life, being a musician and being a writer, you know, they're both very flow state things. And as a writer, I, I, I sort of get that. It's where you lose yourself to the flow and you're just doing the thing. So I was wondering if you could talk about that and then lead that into how you're hitting, you know, a giant ramp or whatever the hell it was the other night that you nailed. Because <laughs> I think that flow state and then just go getting after it, those are two very complementary things. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. There's a lot of parallels between cycling and playing music and um, or writing in your case. And for me, what it comes down to for that, for the flow state, is it, it's just the straight up enjoyment of it. It And you can really get into the moment and not think too hard on it if you truly enjoy what you do. And to that note, even if you're doing something that you don't particularly enjoy, like, you know, my house is a cedar siding and it needs to be stained every five years. And it's a chore. It's definitely not an easy job. And it involves being at heights on a ladder. Not that I'm afraid of heights, but I'm sometimes when I get high enough up there, it gets a little uncomfortable. But if you can just step out of the mindset of like, everything is frustrating or this isn't enjoyable, something has to be fun. And you just go with the moment and focus on what you're doing. All of a sudden, what you're doing becomes enjoyment. It becomes enjoyable. It's like a active meditation. So with music, um, what I like about music, whichever instrument I'm playing at the time, is I don't think about it. As soon as I think about it, especially drums, I'm not a good drummer, but I can get by on them. But as soon as I start thinking about playing the drums, when I'm playing the drums, that's when I, I'll mess up. Like I'll be off beat or something like that. And uh, in the band that I'm in, I, I play bass. And that's my favorite instrument because the bass is like the, it's like I heard Mike Watt, he's one of my bass idols. He had a quote one time about it saying that it's, if you consider every instrument in the band a ceramic tile, the bass is the grout that holds it all together. So it's not a, an instrument a lot of times that's, you know, at the forefront or that's, you know, popular, let's put it that way, but it's got a real solid role. It's the real foundation of a band, you know, and it's, it's a good position to be in. And it definitely has a good flow. And when you're feeling it, everything else comes together. And uh, I can parallel that to a lot of things in my life, you know, even being a father, a husband, a coworker, all those things. And now with cycling, 
uh, it's the same kind of thing. Like we've talked before and I, I said, you know, to me, riding a bicycle was always that, that initial freedom. I'll never forget the first time I was able to ride out of sight of my parents' house on my bike and just explore the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, going down the, the hill, like full blast and hoping that my mom doesn't see how quick I'm going sort of thing. And that feeling has never left me. Right. So I'm almost 43. And I, like you said, last night I was on a, a ride with a few friends and it was dark. It was past dusk. So we had our lights on and there's this, uh, this little bit of a, a jump, uh, more of a drop off and it's fairly big. Anyway, we were just talking around, looking at it and, Oh, you're going to do that? I said, yeah, sure. I'll do that. And I sized it up. I looked at it and thought, all right, here we go. And I went at it and didn't put my fingers on the brakes and just launched and landed and laughed and made it. Right. So that's kind of what you have to do in life. You have to commit, fully commit again, back to why I posted the challenge on social media saying, I'm going to do this because that's what you have to do. And that's life is in that moment, that moment of commitment, you know, that moment of going off the lip and before the landing, it's like, you have to take that plunge no matter what you do, everything. I think there are a lot of people who want to err on that side of action. And it sounds a lot like that's what you do. You know, you err on the side of doing the thing instead of talking about the thing or just declining it. You know, you saw the jump and you're like, are you going to do it? Like, first off, you, you, you become that guy in the group. You're like, oh, Jay, are <laughs> you going to get this one? And they're like, yeah, I am. Like, it's, is that something you have to think about? You know, because sometimes I wonder, am I trying to prove something? So I'm always like, I'm similar to you. I'm like, yeah, let's jump off that rock into the, let's, yeah, let's climb that. Like, it's always like, not only yeah, but like, oh, hell yeah. Like, not only are we doing this, like I'm totally doing this, you know? And I wonder if that's something I conditioned into myself is to just default to like, let's go like make yes, the answer, or if that's just a, a lifestyle. And it's not that you're conditioned yourself to live that way. It's just the way you want to live is like, yes, I want to experience. Yes. I want to do no, I'm not going to let anything hold fear over me or hold, you know, Oh, well, you know, you said you're almost 43. I'm 42. I, you know, there's this expectation. Should I still be jumping off ramps? Well, evil can evil did it for how long. So that answers that already. But <laughs> you know, to the grander question, you know, it's a lot of people give themselves reasons or these justifications as to why they can't. And I think, you know, well, why not you? Why shouldn't you do it? Like, why not? Like, yeah, you could crash. So, you know, it doesn't stop you from driving a car, you know, like you, you still go out and do things, you know, think bad things can happen. But if you never try, if you never hit that jump, you never would have felt that light, like, alive that charge like yeah i still got it you know i want to still have it for as long as i can i assume you do as well you know and most men listen to this you want to have it for as long as you possibly can so is that a a conscious decision you have to make to try to prove to these guys like i I guess still got it or is that just you and that's just like yeah man like why wouldn't i fucking hit this ramp in the middle of the night (laughs) (laughs) oh it's definitely not to prove to anybody else but it's to prove to myself and that proving to yourself when you do things of any nature like that is it's addictive and it's something that since i've joined the fraternity of excellence has really increased because i discovered real early on you can put something out to those guys and they're going to be all over you like all vicious they're combative (laughs) and and it's it's great and and some of these guys like they just inspire me every day like they're just slaying it and you can't compare to it and then when you do something, 
And they're the ones that chime in and say, hey, man, that was great. You know, it feels good. It's like a big brother saying like, you know, good job, man. You're doing it right. And again, it's not for the accolades, but it's just there's something about putting yourself out there and then pushing yourself further. that just blows me away. Like I shared a picture in our group this morning with fraternity of myself when I was like 40 pounds overweight and I was just a slug. You know, I was what I would consider a poor excuse of a guy and I was only 31 years old. And uh, just every time I do something that pushes myself further that I never thought I'd be able to do, it's crazy addictive. Um, David Goggins is a big inspiration for me with that stuff, you know. And I remember one time, I, uh, you know, you, you know it, um, I put out a challenge. I thought, I'm going to do 15,000 push-ups between August 31st and Christmas time. And I did it. It wasn't easy, but I that did was it. was ridiculous. You know? and, Still, yeah. I think that's a high mark. We had a guy take it on and he failed. <laughs> a few people have taken that on and they're like, I can't do it, man. I watched you. And then I was talking some shit right at your finish line too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's fun, you know, like being able to do that, to think that there's really no limit. I'm sure there is a ceiling of things that you can and can't do. Like I know I couldn't say, okay, I'll do 2,000 kilometers in a month. Maybe I could, but it would be at the uh, expense of family time and that sort of thing. Like the way I did it, and it drives me nuts when people say I don't have time to do something because that's just an excuse. Like, especially in August, it's daylight by six in the morning. So I can get my butt out of bed, get my stuff on and go. I don't start work until seven o'clock in the morning. So I can have a full workout in, a full ride in, whatever you want to call it, before I even start work. Or even at night, like uh, kids go to bed, we read the bedtime story. You know, my wife wants some downtime to herself, throw on my gear, grab my lights, go for a ride. You know, you make the time. It's 24 hours in a day. I know it's a cliche, but it's it's a cliche for a reason. There are ways you can maximize your time. Everyone can. So what other ways are you finding that you're placing a priority over other things instead of comfort? Because that, it, I mean, that's what it sounds like you choose a greater goal than you choose comfort. Staying in bed is comfortable, but the sun's out at six and you've got to get these miles before you go to work. So you get out of bed. You know, you're, you, you could sit and relax and kick your feet up and your, your wife could go in the other room or you could throw your gear on, put the lantern on and hit the trail and you do that. And that why, you know, that is stronger than, well, why not? You know, it's, it's stronger than that comfort level. So where else are you finding, you know, does that bleed into how you parent? Does it bleed into how you push yourself in other endeavors? You know, in FOE, I get behind the scenes, so I get to see these things. But for those listening, it's not just riding bikes that you're pushing yourself on. It's not just, you know, uh, your job that you're pushing yourself in these things. It's not just, you know, playing in the band. It it seems, and I'm, I'm speaking on your behalf, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But the way you're doing these, these side things, it's just the way you're doing everything. So how would you say biking and playing music and just taking on these challenges like raising awareness and, and push-ups and hitting miles, how that's bleeding into the other aspects of your life? Because people, you know, they're going to say, I don't have time. Well, they don't realize being a better biker might make you a better father. It might give you better at these other things in your life. It's true. It, 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 it inspires me to be better in every aspect. You know, like I started looking at things like, well, how can I be an ideal father like what am i doing that doesn't work what am i doing that does work and where can i improve and um you know again like within our walls of foe uh 
that's probably one of my favorite aspects of it right now is the fatherhood side because the resources that we have on fatherhood and that fraternity is unparalleled. And I largely discovered I was doing a lot of things wrong. And it's, uh, it's something that I, I'm working on every day and it's not always easy. You know, one of my, uh, one of my kids um, is on the autism spectrum, which presents its own challenges, but it's a great challenge. And it's, it's amazing to see the world through his eyes and um, learn that way and being open-minded to anything that, that he does or says or things that he wants to do and things that he's interested in. And my daughter's same way, you know, it, it's important. I guess I'm kind of getting off on a tangent there about it, but yeah, it, it, cycling and music do inspire me to be better in every aspect because of the success that I can get myself in those areas. Like anytime I learn a new passage on musical piece or something like that on my own that I thought was impossible at one point in time and I nail it or a, a ride like this summer I wanted to do. I, I really just started road cycling this year. I was pretty much exclusively mountain biking for the last 25 years. And this year was, I wanted to really take on road cycling. So I'd never done uh, a long distance ride in one ride. So yeah, when I was on vacation. Um, it was just a day that everyone wanted to spend their time on the beach. And I said, okay, well, I'm getting up early in the morning and I'm going to go do a hundred kilometers. So I did. A buddy of mine lives in that town where my wife is from and uh, he's a road biker too. So we just geared up and we went, it was a great day. It was windy as hell and took us longer than we thought we would. And just all the challenges that come along with uh, just the randomness of life. Right. But just ate it up. Had to scrape the bugs off our teeth. We were smiling. So hard, so. <laughs> like that's crazy. And people listening are gonna think that's crazy. Like, hey, let's just do a hundred kilometers. Like, what? Like, who just ran? Like, yeah, let's go do this thing. It's, I don't know. I, I dig it. I think that's an excellent way to look at everything. It's like, hey, like, why not? Let's go do this thing. Let's take on this challenge. I heard a quote one time years and years ago, and I can't remember who said it, but. And it comes back to what you said about, you know, you could lay in bed in the morning and enjoy the nice, comfy, quiet morning and uh, whatever on your day off or something like that. But I do choose to do what I like. And the quote was, uh, get off on what you're into. And I, I think it's great, you know, because there was a point in my life when I was younger that I definitely drank way too many beers and put a strange priority over things like that, like going out with friends or wing nights and whatnot, or even just, oh, it's downtime all, you know, after work, let's have three or four beers or something like that. Like it's, you know, I just don't have that mindset anymore. And I'm so glad that I don't because that quote, get off on what you're into, man, I have to get that every single day. So yeah, I wake up in the morning and if, if I have the time to do it, what do I want to do? Well, I'd love to go for a bike ride. It's beautiful out there instead of choosing the comfort of the couch or the comfort of my bed or watching TV, not saying that I, I'm not hardcore in the sense that I do that all the time. Like I, I balance it. Right. But it's a, uh, it's a great mindset to have and it's been rewarding and I wouldn't change it for the world. No, I think to that point, there are a lot of people who it's the comfort of their friendships and their relationships with their families, which holds them back. You know, if they, if they were to start riding a bike today, you know, that's a very personal venture. It's a very solo activity. You know, you can ride with family, but for what you're doing, it's more of a solo event. And the same thing with playing in the band. They can watch you, but they're not a part of it. 
you know, there are probably some some family members and friends out there that people think of. And they're like, well, if I started playing an instrument or if I started riding my bike, people would have an issue with that. I mean, people have an issue if you start working out. Why are you going to the gym so much? Why aren't you eating everything that we're all eating? You know, why are you changing? You're kind of disrupting the the comfort zone and the balance that's in this friendship. And I think that it's that is equally important that you have to overcome. That's that's as equal of a challenge is not only getting out of breaking comfort with physical comfort, maybe going outside into the rain and the cold, but also being comfortable enough in yourself that you're okay breaking free from those anchors of friends who are saying, well, you ride your bike, you know, too much, or, or you shouldn't be going out to the band, you know, or, Hey, why aren't you drinking as many beers? Or you're skipping wing night. What? Oh, you think you're better than us, Jay? Like I, a lot of people get that kind of pushback because they're, they're breaking the the routine that people love to have. But I think there's a, there's a point there that you just made. And I really want to highlight it. It's that the sooner you can break out of that trap of just doing what's comfortable and routine and comfortable for everybody, the sooner you break out of that, the sooner you start living your life on your terms, you know, and was there a, a defining moment that that happened where you realized you were like, all right, I'm in the cycle of wings and beer and this, and I'm not riding as much or playing as much or as, as directly involved in family or, or whatever on the spectrum that occurred to you, or was it a gradual thing? Oh yeah, no, I had a moment. That's for sure. Um, years ago, um, my wife called me out on it. Really. She was like, what are you doing? You know, you're not, the Jay that, that I met, you're not the Jay that you want to be, you know it, and you're not happy. And because of that, I'm not happy with what you're doing. And, you know, basically that was like a, it was like an overnight thing. I was like, yeah, well, this is no good. She's my biggest supporter. She's I was going to say, wives fan. have a way of doing that. No, I consider myself a very lucky dude. Um, she's fantastic. And she supports me in everything I do. And I make sure that I don't abuse that, right? I don't take it for granted. And I don't say, yeah, well, I'm going to leave you with the kids every single night. And I'm going to go ride my bike. That's just not not the way I want to be. Um, yeah. So that was it. You know, she's uh, she inspires me and she's the fuel for my fire. And that makes it a lot easier. You know, like you said, you, some people get a lot of pushback. And I, I don't really. I've had a few people make comments here and there, but nothing serious. So for the most part, the people that I surround myself with are supportive and anyone that wasn't, they've kind of just, I wouldn't say I specifically cut them out of my life because that's not really my style, but they just sort of drifted off. You know what I mean? And uh, the more you focus on what you want, the more you get what you want and the people around you are part of that. And that's important. That's an important part of it too. You know, the evolution of self. You know, nobody should think they're in their final form, or at least I hope they don't think they're in their final form. I hope everybody's looking like, oh, I'm going to keep trying to get better at this. I'm going to keep trying new things. I'm going to grow until I die. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's truly you do as much as you can do before you're off the earth, you know, and that doesn't mean keeping friends and family comfortable. It just means living your life and friends and family might be totally supportive. You know, they, they might be like, all right, cool. You know, my, my wife, I always use her as an example when I left the Navy. I was like, I want to grow my beard. And she's like, no, don't grow your beard. I like your jaw. Like you look good, clean shaven, maybe a five o'clock shadow. And I was like, well, I'm growing my beard. (laughs) And it grew in and then I shaved it one day. And she's like, no, don't ever shave again. I love your beard. Keep your beard. And it's one of those things where people, they, they don't like the change because they like you where you're at and they're comfortable with that. But when you evolve, they might like that more. 
but you'll never know that. You'll never be happier with yourself unless you try that out as well. You could have gone biking, done that. Like, you know what? I did this race and you know, I really don't like biking. That wasn't the case, but it could have been. But you never would have known. You always would have had that thought like, oh, I should try this. And I think there's too many people out there wishing they had started the hobby or wishing they would do something. And they just year after year don't. I mean, to them, I mean, outside of saying, why not? What advice would you offer to somebody who's like, oh, maybe I want to try an instrument. Maybe I want to start learning, you know, how to play this or or how to, you know, get into races and doing things besides just existing. Life is in the moment of commitment. And that's where change occurs. That's where happiness is. That's where all those things are. So if you want to try something, no matter what it is, either do it or don't. Don't wobble in the middle. Don't whiffle waffle on it. Like you can try it and not like it, but commit to it. Fully commit and fully try it out and see what happens then. Because nine times out of 10, I'm here to tell you from my personal experience that you'll be impressed and you'll be in a much better place and you'll feel great. And it's funny, like one thing that I do often is I'll scroll back through some of my old social media or, you know, pictures I have on my computer or something like that. And look at myself five years ago or two years ago or whatever the case may be and and think like what if i got to that point and i thought this is it so i remember like some of these pictures like i remember the first time i did the first time i did um an endurance race on my bike i remember looking at that and the the i remember the picture of me and thinking like man i was so stoked then i remember like this is amazing and it felt like such a huge accomplishment and then i look at what i'm doing now in the same vein of things on my bike and think, wow, like that, that was just the beginning. What if I got to that point and I thought, this is it. Like I'm, I did a 40 kilometer race and that was awesome. And I'm happy to stay here. Well, no, it's, it's sure. It would have been okay, I guess, but what's the fun in that? Like how much further can you go? How much better can you get? And like with being a parent or being a husband, like how much more can you put into what you're doing to be happy or to improve and improving for other people or not for other people, but improving with them. I'm trying to think of a way to word that. Um, like positive energy is attractive. And if you're constantly doing something to raise your, you know, your vibration level or your, your energy or to be more in the moment, that's going to pull the people around you in closer. And it's important to include them in that and let them know what you're doing. I mean, I don't do anything in secret. Everything I do is out in the open. I like it that way. I like being accountable and I like sharing what I do and uh, having those people come along for the ride. Well, it's when you embody the message that you truly get to share the message. Like when you live it, you don't talk about it in secret. You don't, you don't just have the private conversation with yourself. When you live that message for the world to see, then it's a full actualization of it. Like people get to like, holy shit, like Jay is all in on this. Like he's fully committed, 100% out there, 100% open, committed to this. And it, it is an amazing thing. And I often wonder exactly what you said. How many people are are a husband, a father, a man, and they're they're partially committed to all these things? You know, I like I, I'll go to the gym, but I'll, I'll only do a few things. And then I'll, I'll eat right sometimes, but I'll, you know, I'll splurge the other times I'll see my kids, but I won't always go outside and play catch. Like they, they have commit to almost everything they do. And it's not a full commitment. It's not a full embodiment. 
It's more lip work to what you think is the right thing to say or do. But if they were to actually go that next layer, I'm going to train and follow a, a, a workout program and a nutrition program. I'm going to actually fully commit. I will stick to the schedule. I will stick to the routine on each day that I have to do to include rest days. And I'm going to follow, you know, tracking my food or at least focusing on ensuring I'm eating the right foods at the right times and like really give into that. And like, I'm not going to binge. I'm not going to snack. I'm not going to do anything else. You know, all of a sudden they're like, wow, like, look what I was able to do with my body as a father. You know, I'm actually going to care when I say, hey, what did you learn today? What did you do today? We're going to go out on just dad and daughter, dad and son dates. You know, we're actually going to go out into the world and do things. All of a sudden, like, wow, look at being a father. Like, this is great. What a great thing I can do. It's like thing after thing after thing. Instead of viewing your wife as a wife, you view her as a woman and start treating her accordingly like a man does. All of a sudden, that romance is back. That, that the passion is back that used to be there. It's like in every single layer of life. If you give yourself more than just surface level, you get to experience so much more, which, which serves as fuel to do even more in it. Like when I lift and when I eat right, that's awesome. I start to see the results though. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Let's keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you're lifting more. You're eating even cleaner. Now your body's looking even better. It's like a self-perpetuating cycle of success. And like how you cycle there with biking. But to to stick with our theme, (laughs) but I mean, that goes into everything, man. It's exactly what you're saying. When you fully commit to something and you share it, like, hey, I'm, this is what I stand for. Here's a line drawn in the sand. Well, now it's like you give yourself permission to actually go do a deep dive into it and to really immerse in that world. And instead of just getting your 40 kilometers, you understand what it's like to be fully immersed in the biking world and do over 1100 kilometers in a month. Like, holy shit, man. But that's only comes after full immersion. That only happens after total commitment to like, you know what? I'm going all in. And when you do that, when you swim to the deep end of the pool, it's like you have to let go of the rope that's holding you in the shallow end. You lose that safety net. Now you're in the deep end where it's over your head. Well, that fear of letting go and just saying I'm in, I might fail. I might drown chasing this, you know? Yeah, but you're also most alive when you overcome that deepness and can reach the other side. And it's just... It's a testament to everything you just said. You know, I believe total commitment is the only way to live in whatever endeavor. Fully commitment to your, to yourself is the way to go. And, and on the surface, that sounds, comes across like it's selfish, but it's not because when you commit to yourself and everything you do, like I said, that, that just goes into every other aspect of your life. You're becoming a better person. Um, that's going to make you a better husband, a better father, a better worker, a better athlete, a better musician, a better ball player, a better writer, a better artist. Anything that you do, no matter what it is, if you fully commit to yourself and you are aware of what you're doing and evaluate it on a regular basis, like, hey, am I, am I doing what I can be doing the best right now? It, it gives you an opportunity to grow because, man, like every day I'll think, like, you know, food-wise, for example, like... Am I eating the healthiest that I can? Some days, yes. Some days, no. And that's when you have to stop and think, okay, well, what can I do to make it better? What can I do to improve in this area? Or my kids will be playing something and I'll catch myself scrolling through my phone. And when I catch myself in that moment, I'm like, oh, am I being the best that I can be for myself, for those guys? You know, no, I'm not. So I'll put the phone down and I'll try and do something with them and get their attention and go outside or whatever the case may be. Right. But there are areas like, you know, that I really have to 
try and improve more on. And that's the fun in it, right? Is finding those chinks in your armor, finding those spots that you can improve on and knowing that you can improve them is that's it, man. That's what life's about. Like you said, fully commit, find where you need to improve and go for it. Don't let anything hold you back. There's no excuse for anything to hold anyone back from anything as far as I'm concerned. Any excuse that you have, most excuses people have, I'd say 99.9% of them are self-inflicted. I'm sure you might have a disability or something that you can't do something athletically, but for your life, for your specific, you know, slice of being on this earth, there are things you can do. People love to to use that. Like, all right, I can't do this. I only have one leg. Well, then it's not an excuse. That's a valid reason why you can't do the hurdle or whatever the hell, like you couldn't do because you didn't have a leg. You know, like you can't clap your hands if you only have one arm, you know, like those are not the, the examples we're using. And honestly, we could probably find bionic arms and overcome that, but I'm not even going to go down that path. But people who have legitimate disabilities, though you're, you don't have an excuse. You have a reason. That's a difference. There's a reason you cannot do this, you know, and, and find a workaround in another endeavor. Therefore, you're not saying, oh, I can't do that because of this disease. Well, no, you could totally do that. You might not be able to do this, but you can go do that thing over there. So let's not use a blanket excuse for everything, you know, but also to that point, you know, you were saying something about, you know, when people go in and they, you find the chinks in the armor, you know, I love when something happens and it totally like kicks my ass. Cause I'm like, Whoa, I didn't realize I didn't have a defense there. I didn't realize I was weak there. I didn't realize I was totally overlooking, you know, that, that aspect of my personality, my, my business, my whatever, you know, anywhere, anywhere somebody's able to like get me on the inside. I'm like, Oh, good on you. You found like the, the back door to get in. I'm going to fix it now. So you're the only person to get in. I'm going to have a wall there now, but it's, it's just always evolving, always learning. There's always a place to go. There's always a, an area to succeed and to improve upon. And that's a part of life. And with that, it's important that we also include even relaxation is a part of life. You know, just because like you're talking about being on your phone and, and playing with the kids, the people who default to their phone. Yeah. You need to fix that. But the dad who's involved in doing things every now, like if you have to check your phone, well, it's almost like you've earned that. Like you've already done the reps with the kids. You've already played. You've already done whatever. You know, like people get on me because they're like, oh, video games are the devil. I was like, every now and then I'll play a game with my son. Every now and then we'll play Madden. You know, recently is FIFA. You know, neither of us play soccer. We don't know anything about soccer, but he played with my brother-in-law and he's like, oh, soccer. So we have FIFA and every now and then we'll play a game. But we've done our workout. We've done our readings. We've eaten right. We've done our schooling. We've, so you, we've checked all the boxes of work and now it's just hanging out. If we did that every single day and that's all we did together, that's when it's an issue because relaxation and comfort has become your default. No, it's just another part of the day. Just like lifting weights, you don't lift every single day. You take some time off to allow your body to recover every two, three days, or whatever the hell it is in your cycle. You know, so we have to stop getting this hyper focus on it's always foot down, foot down, foot down. Like, no, there's there's a balance to it. And that's how it's sustainable. It's not about being good for the month of August for you. It's about being good for life. The month of August was a hard time. Come September, maybe you let the legs rest a little bit. Then you get back on it. But at no point do you say, oh, my writing career is done because I did, you know, 1,107 kilometers or 688 miles for us Americans in August. So check the box. I'm done. No. You go hard, you relax, go hard, relax. It's not one extreme or the other. Living life is finding that, that balance, going hard when you need to, relaxing when you can, and just maintaining even keel throughout. Exactly. It's all about balance, ebb and flow. 
that's the way it has to be because you can't you can't have too much of one thing without the other you, you if you do you get out of balance and if you're tuned to that sort of thing you notice it and it's no fun so jay you from what i know don't have a blog you do have social media but you're not super active there i see you a lot inside foe if somebody wanted to talk to you about writing if they wanted to talk to you about you know Maybe they wanted to get start playing an instrument or start learning on how they can find time and the mental fortitude to push forward on personal goals while leading their family. You know, how could they reach out to you? What's the best way? Best way for me would be Instagram. My uh, Instagram profile I keep um, public, and it just sort of is where I share my adventures, so to speak. I don't keep a whole heck of a lot of my personal life on there although you'll see pictures of my kids and that sort of thing but uh, that's all stuff that I don't mind sharing so my Instagram profile is Jay's Backyard Adventures and anyone can find me there they can send me a message I'm a pretty friendly guy pretty wide open I welcome uh, any conversation with anybody so yeah that's where you can get me cool and now if you were to leave the listeners with a final piece of advice or a life mantra or anything that's helped you get through you know those the self-doubt what would that be? Uh, life is good. It's a fantastic trip, man. Like I've had good things and bad things happen in my life, but if you keep an undertone of joy about being here and the fact that you're alive and you have choice, especially if you're lucky enough to live in a country that is good, you know, um, you're a free person, so to speak, uh, just live it up. Don't let anything hold you back. Every single day, there's, you treat every day like it's, again, it's kind of cliche, that this is the only life you have. Like treat every single day like it's a little lifetime. You know, at the end of the day, are you happy? Did you, did you do what you could? You know, just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Be positive as much as possible. Don't let life get you down. Find your happiness. Find things you like to do and just go for it. I dig it. I'll have links to all of this below for those listening. And you can reach out to Jay if you have any questions on biking, on slapping the bass, you know, smashing the drums, doing whatever, being Canadian, or it's being a father, husband, the works, being a good man who's good at being a man. Jay, thank you for your time. I'm really glad we got to link up. I'm really glad we got to have this conversation. I've been wanting to have it for a little while. And to all those who tuned in, this is another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at the fraternity of And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Zach small underscore.